Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This crowd rises to its feet. Picaro slammed it home. Garland left wing. Three ball. Perfect. Garland one of the lane. Lock the Mobley. Pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cast Media family. I'm your host, Justin Roan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try it for free at FuboTV.com. The Cleveland Cavaliers lose a heartbreaker against the Miami Heat. A really tough loss in a game that really they should have had and obviously has massive implications for the standings, or at least large implications. I, I guess there's 30 games left. But joining me today to discuss it is my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'd be doing better if they won. Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it was a game that you really wanted to see. It was a measuring stick game. Uh, it was a game that, you know, if you're writing the positive narrative for the Cavaliers season, you got all these, you got dreams of uh, the team ripping off a couple, you know, statement wins against Miami and then in Memphis on national TV and then entering the easy part of their schedule with some some legitimate momentum and, and you know make that push and like i don't know it it's i just feel like um i'm feeling a little bit like a broken record on these pods after the last month knowing what a hard month january was chris fedor did a really great uh piece about uh what a trying month january was for the team and all the rationale that comes into it but it just feels like you know we we get on this thing twice a week going up i think after they get through this this week the the run will come the run's gonna come and it's not coming on schedule right now um mm-hmm. uh, at least the schedule we wanted to come on this team uh you know they just haven't been able to string consistency together that's just there's no way to put it uh other than that there's no you know and like just like that loss against memphis no shame in losing to a a a, a finding itself miami team uh who present a lot of interesting challenges and who uh who had a great shooting night but it it does wear on you a little bit um just knowing that knowing what what i think we feel this team can be 
you're just kind of waiting for the run and it's just it it's been a little frustrating that it hasn't come yeah i i mean you learn lessons from games like this whether or not you win but you need the win right like at yeah. the end of the day the, the wins really matter and they matter for the standings and for the Cavs, it's it's been a while now where we haven't seen kind of a, a statement signature win over a good team and um, I, I think there's certainly positive things that you can take away from this game, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But even if they go on, on a run and take care of business against some lesser teams, it's these are the games that matter the most because these are the games that we're going to see once we reach the postseason, right? Like if if you drop these games and you struggle to take care of business, you're going to give yourself a harder road in the playoffs, and these are the the tests that you're going to see earlier in the playoffs, right? Like this very well could be a first round series. And um, I I just think it's another one of those missed opportunities. And it's especially frustrating for me because I feel like they keep getting closer. Like, I feel like the starting lineup is really clicking. Uh, I thought it was very refreshing that in one of these big games, the Cavs got out to a very good start. That hasn't been the case often, and the new starting lineup has been working very well, including in this game. Uh, But it's just frustrating when you do have all of those things kind of starting to click, and you got guys playing better, and then you just kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Like, I, I... Honestly, the energy of this game really reminded me of the playing game against Atlanta, where the energy is off the charts. The Cavs are playing really hard. I don't think you could knock their effort uh, on hustle plays, defense. Like, I thought they played a really competitive game of basketball. But that energy, that kind of nervous, frenetic energy that's so disruptive to Miami and opposing teams when the Cavs do it on defense... I thought it bled into their offense a little too frequently, and they really settled for shots. It's like they wanted to hit some home runs at times and really kind of hit the momentum shots when they already had some momentum going. And really, I felt like they got away in those moments from their bread and butter plays and and trusting what they do well and what got them the lead at various points in this game as well. Yeah, I think so. And like, also, Miami just doesn't make mistakes. It's their to their credit, um, they really are a wonder to watch play defense. I obviously, I think Bam is an elite defensive talent, uh, but a lot of these guys just don't mess up. Like, it's not that they're so good <laughs> and so athletic and so long; they just don't mess up. And there, there were a lot of plays where the Cavs really, really worked hard for their advantage for that their wide for a wide open corner three and then they just missed too you know (laughs) like that's the other thing like it they missed a lot of those you know potential backbreakers um they they went 11 for 40 from three right like that's uh, brutal and and like they don't this isn't a team that shoots 43s (laughs) like that's not really what they do and i thought they were getting good shots up they they uh, took 40 because they were open right like miami's playing a zone and typically against his own defense you are going to give up more three-pointers especially when you move the ball as well as the Cavs like I thought the Cavs actually did a pretty good job throughout the game beating the switch right like having the patience against what Miami was doing when they hedge when they trap uh they, they played through the bigs which is what you want to do in those spots and it generated open threes they didn't convert them and the unfortunate thing for the Cavs at least right now is 
if Garland and Mitchell aren't really hitting from three, they don't have a lot of shooting depth behind them. Uh, Dean Wade didn't have his legs in this game. Kevin Love was active for this game, but wasn't part of the rotation. I do agree with that decision by J.B. Bickerstaff. I don't think this is a particularly good matchup for Love, but it is a matchup where if you're talking about converting three-pointers, in theory, healthy Kevin Love helps there, but that's not reality, right? So uh, when Garland and Mitchell aren't really hitting from three and, and Dean's got tired legs, you're going to be at a shooting deficit. And yeah, I, and again, you don't hate the people who got the shots, you know? Donnie took 13, though I, I think we'll talk about his shot selection later. I didn't love it. Darius mm-hmm. took seven. Wade took four. Rubio took four. Lavert took six. Like... This is the kind of guys, those are the kind of shots you want, the numbers you want to see for the most part. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure someone just texted you to let you know uh, that you should uh, silence your phone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, grab the old, uh, or the new iPad, I should say, or oh. uh, Samsung pad. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, there's no way. I know you're not an Apple guy. Yeah. Really you're, not. You're, you're a green text fiend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I, I liked what the Cavs did on offense for the majority of the night. Um, I, I don't like what they did on offense in the fourth. And, you know, I, I wonder if they, they did have a couple sets that I thought were interesting that yielded an advantage and Miami just played them really well and got picks, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and broke them up. And I wonder, I think they, I feel this is editorializing pretty hard, but I feel like they kind of lost confidence in their sets and started playing a more reductive offensive style as the game closed. Um, and really, I think they just should have kept running their stuff. I thought Mobley generated good looks all night when he got the ball with advantage. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it was it was a really tough fourth quarter, and I just think Miami looked like a team who knew exactly what they wanted to do every possession. Mm-hmm. And I do not think Cleveland looked the same. Yeah, they did not sustain their identity. And I I think that's what separates the Cavs from a lot of these teams at the top of the Eastern Conference, right? Like those teams know who they are and they play sustained style and they don't let teams get them off of that style. And uh, against Miami's defense, like I thought the Cavs did a good job countering the zone, countering the traps and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's losing confidence in the offense, but like what beating Miami's defense requires is sustained patience. Like you have to kind of understand that you're going to beat their first action. They're going to recover. You're going to swing the ball again. They're going to recover. And the third time you move it, you might get an open look. And I think the Cavs, almost it was almost like they were fatigued with doing the patient approach at times. And honestly, like, I think this is the perfect time to get into the shot selection of Don Mitchell because this was the first time, even early in the game when the Cavs were up, where I just didn't love his shot selection in this game. I thought he was pressing a little bit too much. Um, it Honestly, it reminded me, and it was funny because we were just on the dunker spot last night, which you guys should check that out. Awesome long for, form uh, conversation with Nikias and Steve. Yeah, you you want two hours of way more fun talk than <laughs> anal- an, you know an- analysis of a loss. Uh, mm-hmm. Please go check out the Dunker Spot. I think that was a really fun pod. Yeah, but Mitchell's shot selection in this game reminded me of almost like the the. I guess we could say the fears that we had with bringing him in where just sometimes he's going to call his own number and it's not necessarily within the flow of the game. And even though he did get the nine assists, I just thought the shot selection at times, he was 
it was almost like he wanted to rise to the moment. And it reminded me of late game against the Knicks where he called his own number a few too many times and um, just kind of didn't go within the flow of the offense. And it's not characteristic for him. Maybe this is part of him getting back into the mix. We, we haven't had a great Donovan Mitchell game in a while. Um, but I, I just didn't think that his shot selection was particularly strong in this game. Yeah, he hasn't uh, scored uh, 30 uh, in his last one, two, three, four, five, six games, which sounds crazy to say because scoring 30 is really hard. But <laughs> there are a lot of 30-point games uh, on this season for, for Donnie. Um, you know, and uh, I, I just I, I think you're right. Uh, I think this looked like a game where, you know, he had nine assists. And I remember when we were talking that we we taught that we owe Tony Jones some sort of royalty because he gave us so <laughs> much content. But I remember we talked to him about Donnie's playmaking. He kind of talked about him being a guy who could make reads, but maybe w- won't organize your offense. Um, and I feel like that's the way I felt about tonight. I felt like when Darius wasn't out there, um, the offense, and especially when Darius nor Rubio were out there, uh, I think we might disagree a little bit on Rubio minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Donovan the the offense was very shapeless with yeah. with him on the floor. They had to they had to just kind of scrap and rely on shot making. Um, in in those minutes, and part of that just comes to you know uh, you're playing an unbelievably sophisticated defense. Um, and I just don't think Donovan was able to consistently find good angles because of how smart they are. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I I, I think that's the correct point where. Earlier in this season, I thought Donovan did a really good job of organizing the offense, and that's definitely been something that's dropped off, right? Like, you look at the on-off splits uh, for the offense when Darius is on and off the court, it's not good right now. Like, it's the difference between a very good offense and 29th in the league, I'm, and I'm sure tonight probably just kind of uh, extended that, uh, that margin right there because... I, I do feel, and I, I don't know if this is a product of now Ricky's back, so Donovan knows, hey, Darius is out of the game. But we have Karis to initiate some offense, and we have um, maybe playing with Ricky at times as well. So I don't need to kind of act as a point guard in those moments. I, I would like to see more of it, even with Ricky Rubio out there, and Ricky's going to do a good job getting them into their sets. But I, I just think they need to sustain their offensive output with Darius off the floor. It's becoming a little more reminiscent of last year, and it's something that they've done a good job overall this season. But recent play, if you're looking at why we are now seeing games where the starters are playing really well and outscoring the opponents and the drop-off is there once we start staggering these lineups, some of that is figuring out the rotation and getting new guys in and whatnot. But I I think some of it is just kind of a, a... an absence of focus and purpose on the offensive end when Darius isn't on the court. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I think also I'm trying not to read too much into it because, you know, again, the offense was perfectly fine for the first 10, 15 games of the season while Darius was working his way back. And a lot of that I think was a byproduct of the guys just hitting shots, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, on a night where I think Karras had a really rough game uh, despite having, uh, some some small bursts of uh, really productive play. You know, I think the macro, it was, I think the Heat are just a tough matchup for him because mm-hmm. he is, you know, they, they don't care about off, because they don't mess up. They don't really care about your off rhythm, helter-skelter moves. They just, they're just like, oh, we're just not going to jump it. We're not going to lunge. 
yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and give you an advantage. Um, and I, I think it was just, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how much, you know, to put on Mitchell when I think that the Heat were really shutting down the paint. I don't think he was able to create good driving angles much tonight uh, with Darius on the bench. And uh, yeah, it was. It, I don't think it was Donnie's best game. Um, I thought he was pretty solid on the defensive end, but on offense, it just, you know, and like the pull-up just wasn't there tonight, you know, and like, it's, it's tough. You know, he, I think he got plenty of clean pull-up three looks that I didn't hate. Uh, they just weren't going in that final shot, man, I thought was cash. I really did think was, was good. Oh no, it didn't, it didn't look good to me. Maybe that was just pessimism in the moment. Uh, but I I mean, it was perfectly aligned. It just was just a little bit short, which makes sense. He was going around 40 miles an hour, the opposite direction. Yeah. So, um, though I thought it was a pretty good, uh, dodge of any foul. Uh, Mm -hmm. cause I think Miami is a classic foul up three kind of team. Um, and he Dorks. was able to dodge it. And, yeah, I, 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 I respect Joyless. them playing. I respect them playing honest basketball and uh, allowing for that moment because that's that's the morally right thing to do in that spot. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. I Honestly, like this is a game and I really do attribute it to like this is these are the types of like nerves and decision making that are the reason why we think that this team isn't a contender this year, because this is the type of moment. This is the type of pressure you're going to see in the playoffs. And this is something that the Cavs are going to have to learn from, like whether it happens this year or not, this learning to trust one another in these moments, learning to execute the offense and sustain what you do well is the most important thing. And I I think they just got away from it a few too many times. They settled for jumpers uh, far too frequently. And I understand that is the... That's what the zone defense is trying to get you to do, right? It's trying to get you to settle for outside shots. And, you know, maybe you hit a couple more of those shots and the game looks differently. But if you're going through a playoff series, if you're going through a seven-game series, there is going to be games within that series where you're not hitting those outside shots. And you can say, ah, well, you know, we got clean looks and and we missed them or uh, they got uh contested looks and they made them like you're going to have shooting luck one way or another in a playoff series but you need to find ways to make up for that and to um to to not let Miami dictate the terms of the offense for you and I I think if you did have a playoff series against Miami I think it would go long I think it would be a really competitive series um, I thought the Cavs had a good game plan in this game. Like, I thought the rotations were good. I thought uh, they were prepared to beat what Miami was doing defensively, and they handled those situations well. It was just, on the whole, I thought it just kind of came down to execution and, and forcing it at times when it wasn't necessary. When When things started to go well for the Cavs, that's when they actually made the most mistakes, which to me was telling because they responded to Miami's runs. Like they, when things got bad, they kind of banned down the hatches. They dug in on defense. They they made shots and got back into the game. But when they got up, that's when they settled. That's when they stopped doing what got them there. And that ultimately cost them the game. Yeah, and I, I think you're spot on. I think the defense was awesome tonight. Um, Miami had a 108 offensive rating which is like not amazing i think on a normal night that would be lower uh i think that i think miami uh got some charitable calls uh i think they got you know that they're a really great foul drawing team um and i think they 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 kind of survived early on with that Mm -hmm. and then they just started going ballistic from three i mean the cody martin game uh (laughs) hit seven of his first seven shots martin Okay, uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, I, I I thought Gabe Vincent uh, hurt him. Uh, Lowry hurt him in the second half with a couple of painful threes. I thought they guarded the line pretty well. I think Miami had a ton of possessions where they weren't shooting until the five second mark. Yep. Um, and and not because they were playing it, sl- slow playing it. I think it's because the Cavs were really forcing them into challenging. Uh, problem solving I do think you know it's so funny that we spent so much time uh, on the dunker spot last night talking with Steve about how teams are going to attack Garland uh, and that was Miami's late game offense mm-hmm. they they would uh, isolate Jimmy on the strong side Gabe Vincent would come over and set a screen uh, and 
Garland had to show and recover. And uh, I think mixed results. Sometimes I thought they did a really nice job gunking it up and making it hard. I think a couple times Evan messed up. Uh, I I can, you know, when Darius picked up his fifth foul that, uh, you know, when Darius picked up his fifth foul, I think that is um, uh, an an example where Darius messed it up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that they... I didn't leave them spamming that action against the Cavs feeling hopeless about our ability to defend it, but I do think there's good tape for those guys to learn. Yeah, I I agree. I think it was mixed results. Like I I thought Darius was really competing his ass off on defense in this game. Like uh, maybe at times dial it back a little bit when you start to get in foul trouble. I I thought some of those were ticky tack, the Jimmy Butler corner three. uh, I thought that was pretty clearly an offensive foul on Butler where, where Darius didn't get into his space and it was a completely unnatural shooting motion. But I mean, Jimmy's going to get those, those calls, right? Like it's, that's part of the the deal. And I, I guess at some point we'll have stars that get calls like that. But, um, you, you know, it's, I, I thought Darius, you have to be a little more cautious uh, when you do get into foul trouble, right? Dude, like I thought he was reckless tonight. I yeah. thought I thought he had three really stupid fouls. Um, mm-hmm. And like, dude, especially like read the room. Like this offense is not generating clean looks with you on the floor or with you not on the floor. Like you can't throw your hip out at Jimmy on that on that hedge play. Like I know Jimmy. Uh, baited it but like it was a foul a no doubt foul yeah and like like you just can't do it you got to be smarter and you can't uh you can't force yourself out of a game for as many stretches as he did tonight uh against a team that's playing as well as miami played tonight yeah and, and i think in the past we've seen uh jb trust garland when he gets in foul trouble like just hey we we need you out there on the court we understand uh what the situation is and i i don't i think you're going to manage this situation properly and in this game i thought pulling him in the third quarter was the right decision because he was playing reckless at times defensively and i i thought he had calmed it down uh for the most part throughout the fourth quarter but then he that fifth foul was a big time mistake and that's part of why Miami was going at him right because they understand like one wrong move like if you're half step late on on any of these uh pick and roll actions or or everything we're running you through we get your sixth foul and we take uh of an essential part of the Cavs offense out of the game right so that's that was absolutely the right game plan but I, and it's disappointing because I thought overall he had a very good game. Like if I thought I, he was the best Cavalier tonight. I will. I'll go Mobley. I think Mobley was damn special. I thought Mobley did a better job on Bam. I think you're right. I, I am in my answer. Yeah, I, I thought Mobley was probably the best Cav on the night. Uh, I thought he did a much better job on Bam. Uh, I think Allen had just a couple plays. It's funny because I, I thought the mistakes Allen made were never on the first or second action. It was usually like off of a rebound or the third action within a Getting play by Miami. Bam. Getting What's, beat by Bam on that offensive rebound in the game. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. And, and like his stat line was good, right? Like it's it's a typical Jared Allen, very productive game. But that's going to be one of those kind of tests is when we're in the playoffs because the Cavs are getting to the playoffs like I I think there's enough signs here that they're going to turn around it's a matter of when and it's a matter of can they start winning some I mean, of these if, signature games right because I mean bro if they if they go 500 the rest of the season they're gonna make the playoffs right like, like if 
if they just take care of business and win all the games they're supposed to win and they don't win any of these kind of statement games, like I'm not going to feel great about that. Like I, I, at some point you got to start winning these games. Like you need to go out there and make a statement. And I think what tonight was a test of, and like you can do everything right for 20 seconds of the shot clock. You got to bring it home. You got to end those possessions. And I thought there's just a couple times on the defensive end where that wasn't the case. But it's hard to be like, it's easy to be disappointed in this game. It's hard for me to be angry at this game because I really thought that the effort level was there. And this is just one of those examples of why the Cavs aren't quite yet at that level. But you can very, very clearly see that the talent is there and you get a normal game from Donovan Mitchell. You, you get better shot making. You, you win. But I still think that there's you something. You make your free throws. That's it, the other thing. Oh, Come on, God. boys. Yeah. And, and, Come on, boys. Two of six from the line in the fourth. And, it and, can't happen. And it's funny because the Cavs didn't lose the fast break battle in this game straight up. But I think if you're watching the game closely, a lot of those fast break points ended up really coming from the free throw line because they yep. fouled in those situations. So it's not labeled as a fast break point, but easy opportunities were given to Miami because of those turnovers and because of the, the fast break possession. So there, there's a lot of tape and a lot of things that you can take away from this game. And I think ultimately it's going to be productive, but at some point you got to start stringing these wins together, right? Like that is the most important thing. And um, I'm, I'm still encouraged, but you know, you're, you're running low on games. If you're talking about getting up there in the Eastern conference and not just kind of being in this four or five matchup, because I really think five is the floor for the Cavs. Like I, I think over the course of the season, I don't think Miami's going to pass them. Um, but you know, this, this game sucks when you're talking about trying to, to earn the tiebreaker over them. Like, uh, you now have two games in Miami and you have to split it to, you know, have at least the tie in the tiebreaker. Um, winning both of them is going to be very difficult, but um, this is a, this is a missed opportunity. Uh, I would say that their floor should be uh, five, um, but Miami's been playing great for like a month and a half now. Mm -hmm. The Cavs have not been playing great for a month and a half. You know, hey, like, look, Carter, the, the you point gotta, of being on a, you, this you mic is it. here. This mic is here for takes. This mic yeah. is here for takes, and I, I might sound wrong. I I might be wrong. Forget sound wrong. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong, but I, I think the floor is five. That's I'm confident in that, and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. His, history tells me that I'm right because I'm, yeah, a, I'm I mean, a genius. Naturally, of course you are. Uh, I, I I think that they sh I, I think that they will hold. I think that five is the floor too. But like again, like I not to keep going back to kind of the motif from the start of the start of this podcast, but like at some point they're gonna have to prove prove us right, mm -hmm. you know. And like it's just been a month that I wouldn't say a month of not proving us right because I think we saw some of this coming. Some of these things were just some bad luck. But like it's at least a couple weeks of not proving us right and not making up ground on Bro Brooklyn should not be gaining ground on the Cavaliers without Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't. I don't care what the schedule is. They should not be gaining ground. Here's the and thing, they are too. Right like now. you look at the record in January, and it might be kind of what we expected, but it's not in the games we expected, right? Like you think, oh, that Clippers game is going to be really hard. No, the Clippers rested everybody, right? Like they won some games that if you're doing the schedule game at the start of the month, 
that I would have circled as losses, but then they lost games that they should have won. And um, I think they're, I think they're getting close to out of the woods when it comes Dude, to like these. Bl- all these losses are so freaking close, Justin. It's unbelievable. And like looking at Jan, I'm going to just read off every loss in January. Denver, a true honest loss, 13 points. They mm-hmm. they just were better. Yeah. Utah lost by two. Minnesota lost by eight. Memphis lost by one. Golden State lost by six. New York lost by two. OKC lost by uh, 12. Oof, forgot about how bad that ended up being. And then Miami lost by three. Like most of these are like two, two to four point losses. And it's just like, man, just win a few of these. And all of a sudden the whole story of the month is different. Yeah. And, and I know I've made this before, but I think that contributes to the angst, right? Because when it is a one possession game at the end of the game, you can look at every possession that didn't go the way it should have gone. You you look at Karis LeVert giving up another heartbreaking, backbreaking four-point play. You look at uh, Mobley taking a three, uh, corner three, a little too early in the shot clock when they probably could have got a better possession there. Like, I love taking shots in those moments. Like, I, I, I love the confidence. I love that Isaac Okoro was trusted to take a shot in that moment and hit that shot to, to tie the game. Like, I... I I understand the value of that from kind of a developmental standpoint, but at the same time, like just get the high quality shot. Like, you know that you've been able to get at the rim when you wanted to. Um, Miami asks so damn much of Bam and, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but they had the size advantage and I thought that they could have generated better looks in those moments. And again, it comes down to, I don't know if it's a lack of familiarity just because of all the turnover or Donovan working his way back. But even before then, I I think he and Darius have called their own number a few too many times late in games. And they just got to learn to trust one another and to to execute their system throughout the course of the game. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's a painful one. There's just no way around it. it. It it was a it was a bummer. Um, uh, to lose this one because I think both of us really wanted it. We both really wanted it, but you know what? I'm never bummed out by the performance of Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspace events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Carter, it's a little late, not uh, my most tactful transition into the Zoom, yeah, but I- you know what? It's it's uh, it's true. I am never disappointed. I, with I think I stole your mojo. I think that's all it is. I, I ganked the last read, and I and I and now I I own all the you know the creative uh, chutzpah mm. uh, uh, on this podcast. We should talk about the bench a little bit. Um, okay. uh, I think uh, maybe we start with Karis. Um, you know, just another night where he does some good things. You know, like I think Steve Jones tweeted something along the lines of like. Karis' possessions are a bit of an adventure because you don't really know what he's going to do, and then all of a sudden he gets a an and one on Bam at a bio and beats him in ISO. And uh, but I thought defensively, just another rough night where uh, you know another another uh, four and point play. Yeah, like uh, you're behind him. You're behind him. Like you're not going to impact a shot. Like except defeat in those spots. And like, that's something that he's done that Lamar gives up those as well. Like you just got to stop doing it. Like you just accept. I thought that honestly changed the game. I really do. I thought the Cavs were Cavs were up 87, 83 at that point. I thought they were really getting ready to assert control and just, it was such a gut punch. And again, just the, the, the feet defensively were not where they needed to be. Um, the offense had no, you know, and I, I think he also, you know, I, I know you said you like JB's rotations. I think, uh, I think Darius's foul trouble got things a little gunked up. I think someone in the Discord said he played like 16 minutes straight at one point. Mm. Um, so maybe he just had some tired legs. You know, that's not really fair to ask uh, of anyone. But again, it's just, it yeah, just always, feels I, like I, you, you see the effort. You see him trying to play his, you know, play a hybrid of his game and what the Cavs kind of need him to be, and it's just not quite lining up right now. 
Yeah, I, I was fine with the rotations. I was happy with the rotations within the context of the game. Obviously, the Darius foul trouble made things difficult, right? Like, that meant that Donovan had to play the entire third quarter, and they got him five minutes of rest to, to start the fourth. And that five-minute uh -oh. stretch to start the fourth was... That's where the game really felt like it was lost. I, I know the, the Karras four-point play came a little later than that but that's when they were up two, and they had possession after possession where they just couldn't score they could not hit the momentum shot and that was a stretch where I, I it it really felt like that's where a lot of the game was lost and again if if the Cavs fell apart when Miami went up big right like if uh, Miami punched them in the mouth and they didn't respond that would be a more concerning thing to me than Miami punches them, they punch back, Cavs get the lead, and then they settle for jumpers and, and they just fail to convert, right? Like that is a much more manageable situation in my eyes. And but it's something that they have to address. You have to get that killer mentality to to continue to execute when you're up and not try to go for the home run play and try to get high value shots. Because you have to have an understanding that Miami isn't going to give you a lot of high-value shots. So when Jimmy's out of the game or Bam's out of the game and you have an opportunity to really kind of put a dent in a lead or build upon a lead that you have, that's when you really need to to have a killer mentality. And, and the Cavs, so far, haven't displayed that. No, I, I agree. There were some weird other weird choices, like when uh, Mobley got subbed out in the fourth quarter and Okoro came and got him, and they were playing like Okoro and Karras at the three and the four. Mm -hmm. um, just some strange lineups. I think Dean, I don't know if Dean wasn't feeling good, but I would have given him that run there and gotten Karras a blow. Um, uh, I also think, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, I, I didn't should, mind going small there, but you, you're right. Like, giving Karras a bit of a rest Karras, at that point. It wasn't going well for Karras yeah. at that point. So I would have I would have found a way to get him off the floor, I think. Um, but again, I'm you know picking nits. Uh, I thought Rubio gave good minutes tonight. I thought he did help organize the offense. Like, the juice still isn't there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal uh, your thunder here and, uh, and say your, your podcast notes say you thought, uh, results looked a little better than process. I don't know if I agree. Can you uh, can you elaborate? Uh, maybe this is the Ricky Rubio experience, and it's more fun when you're up. But I thought some of those shots were a no, 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 yes shots, right? Like the the three pointers that he took, and I I I just didn't feel like the the offense was terribly organized in those minutes. Um, maybe I got to go back and watch again. This is why I normally like to to get a second watch in uh, to to understand if my gut feeling and my in the moment game notes are, are emotion or based on what's happening out there. But I I just felt it, it wasn't as organized as it could have been, and uh, I I don't really have an elaboration right now because I haven't gone back and watched it. But that was just kind of uh, my gut feeling, and wasn't necessarily planning on jumping to that. But uh, thank thank you for uh, calling out my game notes. I'm sorry because uh, <laughs> I I was surprised by it because I I liked his minutes. I thought those corner threes felt good. They were a little ballsy, but I wouldn't say bad. You know, like they they were uh, ballsy, like, and and maybe yeah. that was just me like hoping for a high quality shot. And, and again, like um, 
I love that Ricky has that kind of confidence. And I think overall he was a plus, right? Like I thought his he was tenacious defensively. Like he blew up some actions from Miami and forced some steals and turnovers. Uh, he rebounded well. Uh, he obviously got the assists as well. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just, I didn't, I was scared those, those of the shots. Those didn't in feel those good. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, it, and that's, that's absolutely fair. But I would, the reason I brought it up is I actually think I might've closed the game with him, Donnie, and Darius. Oh. Um, uh, I, I actually wouldn't have minded that, especially since they had Mobley on Jimmy. Um, and and I don't think that they were looking to pick any scabs on the perimeter uh, in terms of, you know, extra size. Um, and I think... I, I, I'm actually a little surprised we haven't seen more of those three together. Um, JB loved that in short stretches last year. And... I don't know. I think maybe seeing them together, like I thought they closed really well with Ricky last year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Rick, Ricky of last year is not the Ricky of this year just yet, but I thought it was a day, a, a game where it looked like he had his legs, um, you know, giving him the spacing of those two around him. Um, and I also just can't help but wonder if some of our issues with uh, Donnie and Darius, maybe calling their own number, Maybe those go away if they're moved, uh, if they're if they're playing with the pure point who's organizing them on the floor. Uh, maybe maybe not. Um, but I don't know. I just it, I, I don't know why because I'm not normally a like I want to see this lineup out on the floor kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But I just something in the deep recesses of my brain thought mm, I wouldn't mind seeing Ricky close uh, against this version of this Miami team. Yeah, I, I didn't have that sentiment. I, I wanted to see Okoro in. I liked Okoro out there. I just, I, I don't know. Something about the offense felt, intri- it seemed like an intriguing idea. Yeah, because you look at the how Miami had success in this game, and a lot of it was Jimmy tough shot making, right? Like, obviously, the Caleb Martin going Jetty Osman uh, against the Clippers experience was a, a little frustrating. Um, but I was fine with a lot of those looks, but wasn't really concerned. Jimmy hit some tough shots and he was kind of the everything is bogged down. I'm going to make something happen by either uh, making a tough shot or or grifting my way to the line. Um, But outside of that, the only other times that they were really able to generate good looks was Tyler Hero running pick and roll with Bam, right? Running a two man action with Bam. And I thought Okoro was absolutely shutting Hero's water off for the majority of this game. Like, he made things really, really difficult for him. Uh, he shot 6 of 15 uh, for the night. I'm, I'm sure a lot of those makes came with Okoro off the court as well. And um, I, I thought having Okoro out there to disrupt Hero was the right priority in that moment. And obviously Okoro um, receiving the pass and stepping out of bounds, like that's another one of those unforced turnovers. <laughs> oh, that one hurt. That that forgot one, about that. Yeah, like that's that's heartbreaking and, and that's frustrating as hell. Um, but I thought he was tremendous on Hero throughout this game, and I, I thought having him out there to play that kind of defense, and especially with Darius in foul trouble as well, you're going to want to have um, someone to defend at the point of attack. Um, I, I I agreed with that decision, but I do think it's an interesting concept of does having Ricky out there help kind of orchestrate the offense and organize it? I, 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 can, the see, thing. I can see I, it at I, times, but at, at, on the other hand, I want, I, I don't know how many more times it needs to go sideways. I mean, we, we always act like this season is the only season exists and, and we know that there's going to be growth beyond the season. 
I, I kind of want like Darius and, and Donovan to go through these lumps because if we're seeing it, I guarantee you the coaching staff has seen it and they're showing them the film and, and I'm sure they're aware of it too, right? Like these are very, very intelligent basketball players and it's all about your decision-making in the heat of the moment when, when the pressure's on, when the game really matters and you go to your instincts, right? And, and sometimes it's easier to trust yourself in those moments. And that's going to be part of the process with this team. But I, I kind of like having them out there to learn from those moments and, and to see if there is progress as the season goes along. Yeah, to, to be abundantly clear, uh, I, I, my wanting my interest in Rubio out there has very little to do with Okoro. You know, I thought Okoro was playing. Uh, no, I, I thought you made that strong basketball. I, th- I thought you made that point clear. Um, and, and then, like, I also think it's not about like like bailing Donnie and Darius out and just like taking it out of their hands as much as like you learn from success just as much as you learn from failure. You know, like I wonder if Ricky out there to be that on on uh, site presence um you know helps like you know click some stuff into place for them i think that's kind of where my brain was mm-hmm. um yeah but you know i obviously i didn't have that i wouldn't even call that like a note for jb of like a thing i didn't like as much as i mm, i wonder how that would look if rubio was out there i think the last thing we gotta talk about is kevin um mm-hmm. uh listed as available tonight uh, after missing a few games with the back uh issue uh did not play um, do you think that is a matchup based thing or do you think that this might be the short term at the least new normal? I think it might be the, the new normal, at least in the short term. And I think it's a really interesting and confusing situation. Um, not confusing in why we're here. Obviously, Kevin shooting hasn't been there and we know why that that is the case, right? Like he's playing with the broken thumb. Man, you just look at it. They went nine deep tonight and Dean Wade is going to get better and he's going to get healthier. And I just don't know where the role for Kevin's going to be outside of certain matchups. And I think that that's something that's going to need to obviously be evaluated because his contract is coming up and and the trade deadline is coming up. Um, I think we all know what he can bring to the table when he's right and he's able to hit shots. But I mean, it's just a a really, it's a tough, tricky situation. And um, obviously there's going to be matchups where it's easier to play him and matchups where it's not. But if you're trying to, maintain continuity like i don't know if you want to have someone that plays some matchups and and other ones they don't and um i I also don't know how you can assess whether or not he's feeling better if he's not playing right yeah it's it's hard uh i'd lean towards it not being a a long-term thing uh or even an immediate short-term thing i wouldn't be surprised to see him get run against memphis Mm -hmm. um especially with Steven Adams where you can kind of park him on a non shooting threat. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, uh, if you are of the opinion that love's going to bounce back this season, I think this really could be the best thing for him. Cause he can just whip, 
chill till his thumb gets better um <laughs> you know like uh and he doesn't have to keep trying to figure out how to shoot with a broken thumb yeah uh, and, and d uh, needs to get in game shape right like he needs yeah. to play minutes to get into game shape so he has his legs and can execute like i thought dean's minutes and, and we didn't talk about him much like i thought good effort i thought he played good defense um i was impressed by him switching on to hero and and, and the wings <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you though, though it was funny. Our, our boy Ziggy on Twitter was like, you know, Dean has the lowest usage rate on the team, and you know, I was thinking, man, I would like, you know, I, I do feel like Dean doesn't get, uh, you know, Isaac gets all this flack for you know having the two shot attempt type games, and Dean never has those, and and, and Dean tries to ISO, and it just goes <laughs> so poorly, like literally like five seconds after I have that thought, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I guess that's why maybe his usage rate isn't so high. Yeah, not, and, and not the shot. Shots were definitely the shots were definitely flat for him tonight too. So yeah, um, they they was not leaving his hand well. Yeah. I feel like Dean more than any player in this team, including Jetty, who was the previous champion. I know immediately whether the shots going in. Yeah, like they, the second he rises, I don't know if it's the feet or the mechanics. I haven't gotten that close, but I know when Dean is going to have a good shooting game and when he is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this was certainly not one of them. But um, I, I think it is pretty evident of how helpful Dean Wade can be when he's himself. And uh, that's another kind of one of those encouraging things because as Ricky gets better and Dean gets better, I think a lot of our concerns about uh, second units and uh, making the bench viable start to go away. And right now we have a team with an incredibly good starting lineup that, that's worked really well. The starters are usually outscoring the other team in every single one of these games. And it just comes down to the one more staggering, like trying to find consistency. And some of that's, Hey, is Karis Levert going to have an effective game or is it going to be a bit more of an adventure? And sometimes that can vary from quarter to quarter. Um, I, I think like the effort levels there. Yeah. He, he's getting the offensive rebounds. He's diving for balls. He, he had two blocks in this game. Uh, wish he, he didn't try to go for a third uh, on Tyler hero, but uh, you know, like, it's uh, it, it has been a little bit of an adventure, but I think as they get healthier, as Donovan starts to play more like himself again, and as Ricky and Dean play better, I think there's a lot of uh, reasons to believe this is close to turning around. But again, it comes down to how quickly do you turn it around? And another eight game winning streak w- would change the complexion of this season in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think they need to do it. You know, it's it's such a such a nothing take out of me. But, like, you know, they haven't won. Let's see here. The last time they won two games in a row January 4th. Yeah, January 4th and uh, 2nd and 4th. We went an entire month without two wins in a row. Yeah. Um, That is not a team that, like, that that trend cannot work if you are a team that is aiming for home court in in the first round of this Eastern Conference. So. Mm Um, you know, they're going to have to do it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, and, uh, and to their credit, they haven't lost two games in a row very often either. I think they only did that once this month as well, right? Um, so you, you only won two games in a row once in a month, and you only lost two games in a row once in a month. That's a 500-month rate there. And uh, maybe we should have been a little smarter with planning our podcast and just podcasting every other game. Um, yeah, why are we podcasting after all these L's, Justin? We're, <laughs> we're, we're morons. Because these are the games that matter more. Yeah. And, and I would, on I that would note, like the record to show that you said, let's not record after the Clippers game. Let's do Tuesday, Thursday, which is objectively the right and interesting programming decision, but it did leave us up for uh, for a bit of a bummer. 
These, so, these games matter more. You, and I, I had confidence in this game. And honestly, this reminds me a lot of the next game where you felt like you should have won it and you left it on the table. And uh, you just can't do that, especially against these teams that are close to you in the standings. And they're going to have a lot of opportunities down the stretch to have statement games. Like you have two games against Brooklyn, two games against Philly, two games against Boston. Like there's going to be real moments here to have moments. And you have another one on Thursday against Memphis. Like that's that's a real good opportunity for this National team. National TV game. To, to generate some momentum here, man. Um, generate some momentum on, on national TV. Get a statement win and and then carry that in, into the next month. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll be podcasting live after the Memphis game as well once the broadcast wraps up. Appreciate everyone sticking uh, with us and tuning in live uh, after a tough loss. But Go listen to the Dunker Spot. It's a good palate cleanser. Yeah, go, go listen to that. Uh, a little more macro topics. And uh, again... The thing that I always seem to find every time that we talk to anyone national that focuses on the cast is they're they're higher on the team than even we are. And it, it's funny, like pe- people really are high on what the Cavs are doing. But big thanks of, of everyone that tuned in on live on YouTube. If you want to support us, like and subscribe, click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast and you want to support us, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of that review to Chase Down Pod at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there until next time go cats with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.